Hey, what is going on guys? It's DK. Back at you with another video here. It's writing the three game NBA slate on Thursday. Before I get into the video, if you guys are new to the channel, welcome. My name is DK. I make daily videos and live stream for NBA and NFL slates on DraftKings. If you guys are interested in Thursday night football, I know it's an ugly game, Broncos and Browns, but I do have a video breaking that one down. Also, I'll be doing a live stream tomorrow as well. If you're unable to watch these videos, I also upload on Apple Podcasts. Link down below. It's called the DK DFS Show. If you're interested in signing up for premium content, I offer that on patreon.com. A few different packages, NFL NBA and esports package also uh, linked down below. And I, I want to thank the sponsor of today's video, Prize Picks. So I was checking the board. I don't see the fantasy scores up yet for tomorrow, but they do have the single stat stuff. So, um, two different ways you can play. First way is taking over, under, and straight up points, take over, under, straight up rebounds, assists, three pointers made, or uh, they'll also have fantasy scores like. For example, Luka Doncic might be projected for like 60 fancy points. You need to take the under or the over. So um, it's a nice change of pace. I like it. Um, if you guys want to try it out and sign up, use my code DKDFS. That is DKDFS, all one word. You get 100% match up to $100. You can also mix and match sports. Uh, they have basically every sport you can think of, NFL, baseball, college, tennis, esports. Um but yeah, so uh, no fantasy points up yet. I'll be looking. Uh, keep an eye out for that. Sometimes it, it's posted later tonight or even early uh, tomorrow. And uh, yeah, thanks you guys. Thanks again, guys, for all of your support. Last couple days on the NBA videos, uh, really getting a lot of love. So appreciate all you guys. If you could leave a like button on the video, let's try to aim for 150. Subscribe, hit the notification bell, and let me know how you did tonight. Uh, did you make some money or uh, are you tilting hard? So. Uh, before we uh, get into looking back at my lineup here, um, I know like I like being sarcastic at times on this channel, but this is serious. Uh, just quick statement. So if you want to be a successful uh, DFS player, you cannot be results-oriented. If you're results-oriented, you're going to lose money in the long run. And what I mean by that, those people that say stuff like this, oh, I should have known to play Jalen Brown tonight. Oh, Really? You should have known to play the guy that's at $8,000 in a tough matchup coming off of COVID. Uh, you should have known to play him. Oh, so you expected him to shoot 75% from three and the game to go to double overtime. Or those guys are, oh, I should have known to fade Joel Embiid. He was a bad play. Oh, really? The guy that was on pace for 80 fancy points at the end of the first quarter who was having a really, really good game. Oh, you expected Forkon Korkmaz in the fourth quarter to hit seven straight threes so the game blows out and so Embiid only plays 25 minutes. You expected that, right? So you have to look at what happened. You can't just like look at it and be like, oh my God, I should have played Jalen Brown or I knew Embiid was such an easy fade. If you're, if you're one of those guys, you're going to lose in the long run. Like one example in NFL... I saw people talking about Lamar Jackson. He was someone I was very scared about fading in tournaments last week because he looked, he was the best quarterback point per dollar. And uh, I saw people like, oh my God, Lamar. Like, I knew he was a bad play. I, I should have faded him. Did you not watch the game? Lamar Jackson looked phenomenal. He just got insanely unlucky with the touchdown variance, right? You were like, all, the running backs score every single touchdown. You also had like two touchdowns called back and like Hollywood Brown dropped a touchdown. Again, so like if you look at it and look, oh, Lamar only got 14 fancy points. He was a bad play. You can't be like that, right? You cannot be results-oriented. You have to look at what happened, okay? So that's just a quick, quick statement for you guys, a general DFS. If you are results-oriented, you're going to be a losing player in the long run, long run. All right, so with that being said, now let me tilt very hard about tonight. 
Um, as I say, almost every single night with NBA DFS, the pain is so real. Guys, I think I lost 50 plus minutes tonight from random foul trouble and blowouts. Okay, so let's start. Um, let's start at the bottom. Low owned Carl Anthony Towns. Low owned cat. On pace for 70 plus fancy points. The spread in that game was like five points. Blowout. Low owned Jalen Green. Was on pace for a pretty solid game for his price. Blowout. Neither play the fourth quarter. Relatively low-owned Joel Embiid. Not, not super low-owned, but on pace for a big game. Why not fork on Korkmaz? Let's just hit seven straight threes in the fourth quarter so Embiid doesn't come back. Sure. So no fourth quarter from Cat. No fourth quarter from Jalen Green. No fourth quarter from Joel Embiid because of random blowouts. Yay. And then the cherry on top and what I was so upset. I was out to dinner tonight with some friends and I was just... I saw what was happening with the Toronto game. I had to like step outside for a second. I was so mad. So, um, Scotty Barnes, massive foul trouble, lost a good amount of minutes. He still got there. He still got there. He still lost a good amount of minutes because of severe foul trouble. And then you have a low owned Precious Achua who was phenomenal in the preseason. Three fouls in like six minutes. And loses massive minutes. Absolutely massive minutes. So again, I think I was doing the math. like trying to think, like, okay, a fourth quarter from Cat. A fourth quarter from Jalen Green. A fourth quarter from Joel Embiid. Absolutely massive minutes from Achua. Probably 15-ish minutes from Achua. Probably lost, I don't know, seven, eight minutes from Scotty Barnes. I'm doing the math. I'm like, probably close to about 50 minutes combined I lost from random foul trouble and blowouts. Again, if... If Barnes and Achua just don't get in foul trouble and these games that were not massive spreads stay close, I'm having a really good night, right? Cat was smashing. Jalen Green is having a really good game. Embiid would have probably finished with 55 to 60. Scotty Barnes and Achua, again, they were good point per minute guys. They just lost a lot of minutes because of foul trouble. So absolutely insane uh, the amount of just BS I had to deal with tonight. So frustrating. But Again, that's part of the game. That's the variance that really does piss me off at times, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, the rest of my lineup, Dinwiddie was solid. Didn't play as much as I thought. Like him only playing like, what, was it 24, 25 minutes? Why are we playing Raul Neto so many minutes? Like you should be playing Dinwiddie like 33 minutes a game. Again, he played way, way less than I thought. Um Let's see. Sabonis was smashing. And then I tweet about like uh, the 80% of people that faded Sabonis and that try not to lie, laugh GIF. I, that is my favorite GIF. But I tweet that. I swear in the third quarter, Sabonis did not get a fantasy point. I'm not kidding. Like he didn't, he played a whole third quarter and like didn't get anything. So that was a little strange. Uh, still finished with 55. Still a great game for Sabonis. Uh, and then Maxi was really solid. Uh, luckily, he actually played the garbage time. Um, they kept him in. But yeah, guys, it so many minutes lost to me tonight. Just absurd. So I hope you guys had a, a good night. I hope you avoided some of the random foul troubles and blowouts. 
Um, and yeah, that's all I got for Love Pack. Oh, really quick. So let's go over. This is the winning lineup in the Thunderdome. And it, it was it's it's interesting. I always you guys should do this too. I recommend it. Go back and look at the super high stakes and see what those guys are playing. Right? So uh, the winning lineup, this is in the Thunderdome, $5,300 entry. DeJounte Murray, Chris Duarte, who I did like, uh, OG, uh, Jaron Jackson. That was chalk I was willing to get off. 80% Jaron Jackson. Again, he well, he was all right, but like I knew he was going to be over-owned tonight. That was one I was perfectly fine fading. Cat, who again, didn't play the fourth quarter. Maxi, Randall, who obviously got double overtime, and then Dinwiddie was like 90%. So like ownership always condenses in the good plays and the high stakes. Dinwiddie almost 100% owned. Uh, Cat was 66%. That was a little bit surprising. Triple J, I knew he was going to be popular. Uh, Jonathan Murray, 66%. He was uh, my favorite player in the Spurs. Um, again, Scotty Barnes, like 70%, right? Um, ownership is usually going to get going to condense on the good plays. And this is the winning lineup. This is in the Mega 8s, $888 tournament. Um, so, uh, yeah, again, Jalen Brown. Oh, you should have known. 0.8% owned in the like $8,000 entry, basically. So as you should have been, right? Coming off COVID, uh, bad matchup. And yeah, shoots 75% and the game goes to double overtime, right? So it's just like, you have to look at what happened. You cannot be results-oriented. You can't look at it and say, oh, Jalen Brown, he had 76 fancy points. That means he, like, I don't, why was no one talking about him, right? No, 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 no. Um, but, yeah, the winning lineup here was CJ, Duarte, Barton, Slow-Mo, Cat. LaMelo had a really good game, too. Uh, Brown and Scotty Barnes. That was the winning lineup in the triple eights. So, uh, yeah, guys, that is it for the look back. Um, let's take a look at these Vegas odds. Only three games again. So Mavs and Hawks at 225 and a half over under. The Hawks are two and a half point favorites. Bucks and Heat at 224 over under. The Bucks two and a half point favorites. And Clippers, Warriors, a late night hammer here. Um, the Warriors are four point favorites. And it's a 226 over under. Okay, so let's start off with the Dallas Mavs. And at the top, Luka Doncic at 10.6K. I'm just going to say, on a small slate, you're you're a bold man if you fade Luka on this three-gamer tomorrow. Um, the amount of upside, the, the floor that he possesses, the ceiling uh, is insane. I'm not really scared of Atlanta on the defensive end. Yes, they have some solid defenders, but I just, I'm not going to avoid Luka because of it. 10.6K is just too cheap. So I am very high on Luka as a spend-up. And one guy I think is, is very underpriced. I know, right? Trust me, I know. I watched the postseason. He was awful. You have to have short-term memory, though. Look what he was doing in the preseason. Porzingis was playing really, really well. Um, a guy that can block some shots, obviously. He's got. He's going to be the number two on offense here. And if he stays out of foul trouble, probably plays over 30 minutes. And it's only 7-1. So I feel like people are just going to have that bias right from watching the postseason. And say, again, I know he was bad, but like... You have to have short-term memory. Porzingis has been good in the preseason, and he's only 7-1. So I like the two main stars here for Dallas. Besides that, God, I just I'm already I'm already tilting this tomorrow. I already know. Jason Kidd, they have like eight different centers. They haven't really had one dress the one dress rehearsal game that they had, they won by like 80 points, so we didn't really get to see what the regular rotation was gonna be. I'm just already tilting this. I am. So below the top two, it's going to be really hard to trust anyone. Yes, Tim Hardaway is going to start. Yes, he has upside. He's got to hit his shots, though. Fine for tournaments. Very score independent. Dorian Finney-Smith doesn't really have a ceiling. Has a relatively high floor because he'll probably play 
decent minutes and he can stuff a stat sheet, but again, low usage guy. And then in the in the dress rehearsal uh, game, they started Dwight Powell at the five. So um, if Dwight Powell starts, I think he's solid value. Again, though, what I'll mention, they literally have like 10 centers. Dwight Powell, Willie Cauley-Stein, Maxi Kleba, Moses Brown, Boban, uh, Eugene, you could technically, did he make the roster? I don't even know if he made the roster. I think he did. He played well. You could say he's a big. There's so many bigs. So it's like, all right, Jason Kidd, what are we going to do here? We have no idea. But um, yeah, so if Powell starts thinking solid value, now I was looking, I went back to look at that dress rehearsal game to see who were the first guys off the bench. Uh, the first three off the bench were Maxi Kleba, Jalen Brunson, and Willie Cauley Stein. Um, now, one guy that didn't play a decent amount of the preseason was Reggie Bullock. Um, but looks like he's good to go. I expect him to be in the rotation too. So I think the rotation I'm expecting is starting lineup of Luca, Porzingis, Hardaway, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Dwight Powell. And then off the bench, I'm thinking it's going to be Reggie Bullock, Maxi Kleba, Brunson, and Cauley Stein. And that's nine. So maybe Sterling Brown is a 10. And it's tenth man, tenth man in the rotation. Possibly he played relatively well in the uh, in the preseason too. So that's what I'm guessing. But who knows with Jason Kidd? Um, so yeah, I think again, if Dwight Powell starts, he's solid value. I think Cauley Stein's a decent pivot uh, if he does come off the bench. Both are decent point per minute guys. Expect them to get, I would say, probably at least 15 minutes each. Um, maybe he throws a wrench in it, throws Moses Brown in the rotation too then, right? This is the headache that I'm talking about and saying like, I'm already tilting this. Maybe the play, he plays Boban a couple minutes. There's just, uh, there's so many ways they can go about this. But yeah, Brunson at 3-5. I'm assuming he's going to be a big part of this rotation off the bench. He's a guy that can stuff a stat sheet. He feels too cheap here. So I like Brunson. Um, we talked about the bigs. I think Kleba's fine too. Um, other than that, there's not a ton else that I'm really looking to for Dallas. All right, let's move on to Atlanta. So Trey Young at 9.1K, I think is a really good tournament play. Now, with Trey Young, the floor is relatively low, right? If he's not knocking down his shots, he does have a low floor. And we, if you just look back to the previous box scores, right? We'll just look back at the last four games Trey played. 32 fancy points, 22, 44, 75, right? Um, so the ceiling is massive with Trey, but he does have a little bit of a lower floor compared to some other stars on this slate. Um, so yeah, Trey, again, you look at the slate, right? We have Luca, we have Giannis, we have Steph, we have Paul George. I think he flies a little bit under the radar, but I like him for tournaments. Um, he's a guy that can go get 60 fancy points any single night. This is again, all three games kind of hovering around 225. So relatively high total game. I think Trey makes for a good tournament play. Clint Capella, keep an eye on this news. Uh, they were playing limit. He was playing limited minutes in the preseason because of Achilles injury. If he's going to be limited, then obviously I have no interest in Capella. If there's no limitations, I think he's a viable tournament play. And then it's like, what are we doing here, guys? What are we doing? DeLon Wright is 7K. What are we doing, DraftKings? Um, I do think John Collins is fine in the mid-range. He is a little bit up and down. When Capella and Trey Young play, both play, he has a lower floor, right? If Capella's out and he plays more at the five, obviously the, the floor goes up. Or if Trey Young is out, like he's going to be uh, more involved in offense, higher usage. 
when they're both in, the floor is lower on Collins, but he's probably the next guy I look to at 6'8". Just a fine filler option for me. But other than that, I have a really hard time trusting these wings in Atlanta. So there's a lot of guys like Herder, Bogdanovich, Gallinari if he plays, Hunter, Cam Reddish. I don't know what these minutes are going to look like for these guys. Um, again, Gallinari is a little bit banged up. If he does miss, that's going to be probably more minutes for those guys I just mentioned. Um, Lou Williams a 4-1, also questionable, but doesn't do a ton for me. Um, if Lou plays, you can look to him in GPPs. But yeah, like the wings are all kind of just secondary plays. Like I don't know if I want to spend 6K plus Radonovich or Herder. Um, Hunter and Reddish are a little bit more reasonable, but neither are like smash plays for me. So that's kind of my feelings there in Atlanta. Let's move on to Milwaukee. So Milwaukee at the top, Giannis is only 10.3K. I know it's a tougher matchup here against Miami, but... The floor and ceiling that Giannis possesses is just insane. Uh, so I really like him as a spend up. Now, Middleton's at 7'3, Drew Holiday's at 6'5. Right? Middleton obviously had a bigger game last game because Drew Holiday got injured. That's why I'm saying you can't be results oriented. You can't look at it. Oh, Middleton at 40 fancy points. Uh, Drew Holiday got injured, right? It can't be results oriented. Drew Holiday is probable. Um, looks like he'll be good to go. Uh, I do. If I'm going to go to a secondary option here for Milwaukee, it would be Drew over Middleton for the price. Uh, Brolo at 5'6". Sure, he's playable. Um, how many, again, he played a little bit more last game, obviously, because there's just, like, they were kind of thin. Um, here, let me bring up the, the minutes last game. So, uh, yeah, Brooke Lopez played 28 minutes. It's kind of what we're expecting. Um, at this price point, again, it doesn't really stand out. Now, um, Grayson Allen started. Uh, first half wasn't great for him, but obviously he got there in the second half because Drew Holiday got injured. Um, he's fine value, a little reliant on the scoring, but does have upside if you can knock down those threes. I would think in a normal game without injuries, we'd probably get mid-20s minutes from Grayson Allen. Pat Conton was really solid off the bench. I think he's fine. The only concern here is I think he'll be a little bit over-owned. He shot really well 8 of 13. Don't expect him to shoot 8 of 13 every single game. Portis is still out. Again, Rodney Hood is still out. So I do expect Jordan Nwora to be uh, very involved off the bench. Now, he had a really good game. Again, played a lot more because Drew Holiday got injured. But this is a guy that was really good in the Summer League preseason. Um, so I think he is firmly, firmly in play here for value. Guys like Thanasis, S-Mam, didn't play enough for me to consider them. So I'm probably going to pass there. Again, George Hill with Drew Holiday back. Eh. Like, I would just The upside is way higher in Nwora than it is a guy like George Hill. So let's move on to Miami, who have yet to see um, in the regular season. The answer is yes, guys. I am still very tilted from Kyle Lowry, uh, 0.3 fancy points per minute in the last preseason game. Held me back from the massive money. Still not over that. But um, yeah, so Jimmy, Lowry, Bam, all kind of priced around 8K. Probably my, I would say my preferred option is going to be Jimmy. I think he has the most upside of this bunch um, of like the the big three here for Miami. Lowry feels a little pricey. Uh, and then Bam and Abayo is kind of just a fine secondary option. Does have upside, but also like he's a frustrating player at times too. Um, so I think Jimmy Butler is probably going to be the guy for me of the big three. Now, one guy I am pretty high in this year. I like him to win sixth man of the year is Tyler Hero. I think he has a bounce back year. Trust me, I know. I watched last season. He was not great, right? Just like Porter, you have to have short-term memory. Look what he's doing the preseason. He's looking pretty solid. 
Um, and Tyler Hero is a confidence guy, right? He is not afraid to shoot the ball. And when he gets it going, he can put up some big fancy scores. So um, at 5-2, it's not like an amazing price point, but I do think he's going to play solid minutes off the bench for this team, like 25 to 30 or so. Um, so I think he's a good tournament play. Duncan Robinson is just GPP only. Again, he is strictly reliant on the scoring. He has to hit his threes. If he does hit his threes, he can go for 30-plus fancy points, but he can also go for 10 fancy points if he's not hitting his shots. And then below that, like P.J. Tucker, 4K. Eh, eh. Um, again, this rotation, Tucker's probably going to start. I would think Markeith Morris gets some run off the bench. Um so viable, contrarian value play. And then I don't mind Dwayne Dedman. He's going to play the backup five. I'll say Bam probably plays mid-30s minutes in the regular season. So that's going to leave, I don't know, you would say 12 to 15 minutes or so for Dwayne Dedman, who could get it done in that time. So I think he's, again, interesting contrarian value play. But other than that, I think that's really it for Miami. So let's finish up with the Clippers and the Warriors. Clippers... Kind of be another headache team to try to break down. So start off with Paul George. And Kawhi Leonard can be out most of the year. Um, so Paul George is going to have to lead this team. It's a solid matchup against Golden State. I think he makes for a good spend up. Again, you have to look at the slate though. We have Luka. We have Giannis. Um, so you have to make some tough calls. But I do have some interest in Paul George in an up-tempo game without Kawhi Leonard. Um, Clippers going to be, a, again, it's going to be tough to, to figure out this rotation because Ty Lue just didn't, like, just played like 15 guys in the preseason we never got a dress rehearsal so like what is this rotation going to look like that's kind of the headache now he did say he wanted one of reggie or eric bledsoe on the court at all times both are priced in the mid 6k range if i'm going to pick between the two i'd rather go to reggie but neither must plays you have the wings uh you know batum is out you wing in marcus morris at 5.1k who um again probably plays mid to high 20s minutes i think it's just an okay option uh, man off the bench, I think is going to get some solid run. I do kind of like him for value. He's a guy that, you know, does have some upside can stuff the stat sheet. And I don't know if he's going to be super popular. So I kind of like man off the bench. If he choose Zubach at only 5K, I do like this too. Again, without Kawhi Leonard, that usage should go up. I would think he probably plays mid-20s Mets. So I like Zubach. And then, so here's, here's a risky play I'll mention. But there's a chance he gets a DNP. If he sees the court though, Isaiah Hardenstein uh, could definitely be in the winning lineup at basically min-price, 3.1K. So right now, he's the backup five. They waived Harry Giles. So, you know, do the Clippers go big? Do they play a backup five in Hardenstein? Or they, do they try to go small and maybe play like, I don't know, Marcus Morris at the five or whatever? Um, I would guess Hardenstein's going to be in the rotation. And again, if he is, he's a really good point-per-minute guy. Doesn't need a lot of runs. So... Um, I think Hartenstein's kind of a sneaky tournament play, but there is risk. There's, I don't think there's a guarantee he's going to be in the regular rotation. And then below that, it's like, all right, so let's just try to figure out this Clippers rotation. This is where I'm like struggling a bit. We do have some guys out, right? Kawhi, Serge Ibaka, Batum, Johnson, all out. So let's think about this. Paul George is one, Reggie's two, Bledsoe's three, Morris is four, Zubach is five, Mann is six. I think those guys are guaranteed in the rotation. So that's six. All right, we still got to get some more players in this rotation. So that's why I'm pretty sure Hartenstein plays that seven. I would guess Winslow and Kennard crack the rotation two for eight and nine. So that's what I think the rotation is. I think it's going to be a nine-man rotation. I could be wrong, but that's that's what I'm thinking. So 
You know, guys like Winslow Kennard at almost min price too. Sure, you can roll the dice. Again, I don't know what the mints are going to look like for them, um, but I do think they're viable plays. So yeah, Clippers are a little bit banged up, uh, but that's what I think the rotation is going to look like. And finally, Golden State. So Golden State, is Steve Kerr serious? Like he's going to run a 12-man rotation the regular season? Really? Really? So Draymond Green, Wiggins still on a minutes limit. I'm not going to go to either. Um, Steph Curry at the top of 10K, firmly play. Again, you have Luka, you have Giannis, you have Paul George, Steph, Trey Young. On a three-game slate, you got to make tough calls. Obviously, we know the uh, Steph Curry, he shot 5 of 21, an absolutely awful shooting game from Steph, and he still put up like 60 fancy points. So just think about that. If he has a decent shooting game, he could have gone for like 80 fancy points in that game. So the upside is clearly there with Steph. I like him a good amount for tournaments. Uh, Again, I mentioned I'm not really on Draymond or Wiggins with their minutes limit. I'm still pretty high on Jordan Poole. He got a little bit banged up. I think it was an ankle, so keep an eye on that. And for some reason, they closed with Damian Lee over Jordan Poole. But you guys saw the upside on Poole, right? This is a guy that is confident. Um, and he is a scorer, man. He's a good shooter. So I like Jordan Poole again at, at 5.5K. I'll just keep an eye, make sure he's good to go. I think he'll, he will be. And then a guy that I was very high on last slate uh, that apparently, if you look on Twitter today, every single tout site was on Bielitsa, right? So why was it only 20% then, right? If everyone is on him and everyone is victory lapping Bielitsa, why was he 10 to 20% owned? But yeah, so Bielitsa, as I said uh, in the video and live stream, his role is different on his team. Like he is kind of a playmaker for the second unit. They're running a lot of their offense through him. Um, he's a good shooter. He can stuff the stat sheet. He's a good passer. And I think he's going to be in this closing lineup. He was last game, right? They're not, most of the time, unless they're playing like a big center, they're not going to close the Kavan Looney, right? So like, for example, if they play like the 76ers, then yeah, I could see Golden State closing with Looney. But like a lot of the teams, you know, are, are going a little bit smaller. So I think Bielitsa could close again. And he played big minutes and looked really well. So, um, or looked really good. So I like Bielitsa there at 4-6. I still can't get over. You're playing the absolute dust, Iguodala over Otto Porter Jr. That... I still can't get over that. Otto looked great in the preseason. I can't believe they're playing uh, Dusty Iguodala over him. Iguodala himself at 3-7, I guess. But, like, I he's washed up at this point in his career. Now, Looney's only 3-6. I don't expect him to close. But last game, he didn't close. And I think he still played over 20 minutes here. Let me look back and, and check that one, confirm that. So, yeah, Looney start. Okay, only 15 minutes. Uh, again, Bealey's will play 26, Iggy played 23, Otto only played 12, Damian Lee played 29 minutes. Um, so yeah, Looney probably starts and plays 15 to 20 minutes, fair value play, but I think the upside's a lot higher in a guy like Bealey. So, and then Damian Lee, um, he played a lot of minutes. Now, I do think that was partly due to Jordan Poole getting a little bit banged up. I would think they want to close with Poole and Steph uh, instead of Damian Lee and Steph. So Lee viable. He played big minutes. I do think those minutes go down. Uh, JT, I'm not really interested in either. So yeah, guys, that is going to do it for the video today. If you haven't enjoyed the content, make sure to hit that like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell. And again, let me know how you did. Uh, Did you win? Did you lose? If you lost, who are you tilting? Are you tilting foul trouble? Are you tilting random blowouts? Because I'm sure doing that. Um, But yeah, guys, thanks again. Have a great night and I'll see you all tomorrow in the live stream.